Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about drinking envy. Have you ever wished that you could just be normal? I used to think about that all the time, and occasionally I still do. Feeling envious of people who can have one drink and move on is totally normal, but we have to be careful that this doesn't lead into thinking that trying to moderate is a good idea or lead us into victim mentality. In this episode, you'll learn about drinking envy, how it can hurt your sobriety, and what to do if this is something that you really struggle with. So let's dig in.
to use the phrase normal drinkers throughout this episode because that's the language that we use. Many of us will say, I just wish I could be normal. So that's the language that I'm going to use. This doesn't mean that I think that they're normal and I think we're abnormal. It's just easier than repeating longer phrases like take it or leave it drinkers. This episode is also part of a course from my membership, Living a Sober Powered Life. Each month I release a new course and September's topic is dealing with other people. If you'd like to learn more about the membership, then please use the link in the show notes to get 20% off your first three months. And this is a secret discount for podcast listeners only. So the reason that we feel envious is because we are aware that someone else has an advantage that we don't have. And that makes us feel inferior, hostile, and full of resentment. We envy people that are kind of similar to us because envying people that we can compare ourselves to allows us to imagine what life would be like if we had that other person's advantage. And we envy the normal drinkers because we wish we could just drink and be like them. And this is dangerous because just by feeling envious, you're imagining yourself in their position as someone who can enjoy a drink and move on with their life. This makes it really easy to start romanticizing alcohol, and these thoughts can spiral into convincing yourself that maybe you can drink moderately. Being envious doesn't necessarily mean that we're wishing we were like normal drinkers. It can also show up as feeling inferior or like there's something wrong with us. Envy can keep you stuck in victim mentality because it can make you feel hopeless and then you use these feelings as an excuse not to make any changes. Victim mentality gives everyone else power over your life. We blame everyone else for our circumstances and because it's always everyone else's fault, we never have to take responsibility for anything. If you're not sure if you're stuck in victim mentality, then here are some quick ways to tell. So pay attention to how you respond when someone tries to help you out or give you advice. People in victim mentality will list out a bunch of excuses for why nothing will help and why their problem is unsolvable. So you'll probably come across these people in sober Facebook groups. Everyone's trying to help them in the comments and they're not listening to anything and they have an excuse for why every piece of advice won't work. Another way to tell is do your conversations typically revolve around your problems? Do you feel completely helpless? Do you think the world is out to get you and nothing is ever going to work out for you? Struggling with alcohol fuels victim mentality because people stuck in victim mentality often have very low self-worth and alcohol is so effective at destroying our self-worth. This can trigger relapse too because when we feel envious of people who can drink and feel hopeless about our own situation, then it's really easy to just say F it and drink. Why even bother trying if you have no control over your own life, right? So like I said, we feel envious when we think someone else has an advantage that we don't have. Someone being able to drink would be something that a person obsessed with alcohol would consider an advantage. This might automatically make you feel like there's something wrong with you and you're a loser. And the best medicine for drinking envy is acceptance. 
My husband drinks. He's just a regular old take-it-or-leave-it drinker who can choose to have five drinks or he can choose to have half a drink. And he used to make me so mad when I was still drinking because he would switch to water and I never would. I used to blame him for my inability to stop because it was his responsibility to take care of me and make sure that I stopped drinking too. Now I see how ridiculous that is, but in sobriety, I felt envious of his ability to drink and not have it blow up his entire life. He drinks sometimes when we go on dates or vacations, and I don't really care if he has a beer, but when he gets a cocktail, I will feel a little envious sometimes. If your partner drinks, then the best thing I did to help with my own drinking envy was to ask my husband to never drink wine around me ever. Wine was my drink, and even though it was my husband's favorite too, he didn't love wine nearly as much as I did, so I thought it was fair to request that he never drink it around me ever again. And if you make a request for how your partner or your family can help you in your sobriety and they don't want to do it, then that is important information to have too. I'm very fortunate that my husband is so supportive. And I'm also very fortunate that he doesn't struggle with alcohol at all because if he did, he wouldn't be able to accommodate that request. We went on a cruise to Alaska a couple months ago and he had some cocktails on the trip. I did feel a little envious that he could drink and I couldn't and that he had so many choices for what he could drink. But it's normal to feel that way. My brain obsesses over alcohol and it thinks it's the best thing in the entire world. I'm willing to give up everything in my life for alcohol and that's why I can't drink it. Lots of people in the sober community will say not to use the word can't, but I think it's a really empowering word. It's not that I choose not to drink, I just recognize that I can't. And using the word can't takes away any choice or mental back and forth. So that's what works for me. What else has been really effective for me is realizing that not everyone drinks the way that I do. When I first started recognizing this, it made me feel really embarrassed, and it still does sometimes. But understanding why my drinking is different from most people's just reinforces the fact that I can't drink. Sure, I do feel envious of people who aren't obsessed with alcohol and can have one margarita and then move on. But I also recognize that the reason they can do that is because alcohol isn't amazing for them. They just experience it differently. Before, I thought alcohol felt amazing for everybody. But drinking alcohol is like eating a salad for them. It's good and refreshing, but they're not going to go crazy for it. If they wanted a salad, but then there wasn't any salad available, they'd be fine. But imagine if you were at a party and you expected there to be alcohol, but then there wasn't any. Imagine how anxious and angry you would feel. No one feels that way about salad not being available. And that's the big difference between take it or leave it drinkers and us. Understanding that it has nothing to do with self-control, inner strength, or how good you are as a person is helpful. Some people just can't drink. And that's okay. And this is what most of my episodes are about, helping you understand why your drinking is different and why alcohol affects your brain differently. Comparison has also helped me. I know in the beginning of this episode, I said comparing your situation to someone else's can hurt your sobriety, but comparison 
can also be a really great tool if you use it correctly. I don't compare my drinking to my husband's in a I'm the worst, why can't I just be normal, why am I such a loser kind of way. I just get curious about how his experience is different from my own. And seeing that difference helps reinforce my acceptance that I just can't drink. I tried to moderate my drinking for five years. I tried every single strategy that I could think of, even a 90-day break from drinking, and nothing worked. When I stopped drinking, it was because I accepted that I can't change the way that I drink. I accepted the reality of my drinking, and I saw it for what it really is. I spent so much time focused on the potential that my drinking might be able to get better and on my hopes and dreams of moderating someday. And the more time I spent trying to exert control over my drinking, the less satisfying it actually was, and the more alcohol started to control me. The truth is, though, I can't change the way I drink because one drink doesn't satisfy me. One drink is a complete waste of my time. Even two are a total waste of time. I've had nights where I had half a bottle of wine, which is actually two and a half drinks, and stopped because there was no more alcohol in the house. And on those nights, I went to bed and I thought, what a waste. I should have just had none, so at least I could feel proud of myself. My husband, though, he can have one drink or less, and he's satisfied. He does not think one or two drinks is a waste of his time. And that difference is really important for me to understand and for me to never forget. Drinking was always a good idea, no matter what. It didn't matter if I was starting a new job the next day, had an early flight, had to drive home. I was always ready to drink. My husband is able to think about his future self and consider if drinking is a good idea. He weighs the pros and cons of drinking and decides if it's worth the disrupted sleep, potential hangover, and interfering with his morning. And sometimes he actually decides it's not worth it and doesn't drink. Like, how weird is that? We went out for New Year's Eve and he ordered a couple margaritas and got a buzz on. And I felt really jealous because I wanted a margarita. But then I reminded myself that my husband weighs the pros and cons, decides how much he's going to drink, drinks that amount, and then moves on with his life. If I had a margarita, I know I would rationalize getting more, sleep horribly, feel ashamed of myself for having more than I said I would, and then rationalize drinking again either the next day or really soon. And this is something you can be mindful of while you're around drinkers. It's really easy for me to romanticize my husband's drinking because he's doing what I wish I could do. But at the same time, I can also recognize and accept that it's impossible for me to drink that way. If I could drink the way that my husband drinks, then I would just go do that and I would move on with my life. Playing the tape forward is a great tool. And this involves thinking about how the night will go for you if you do drink. So what's going to happen? Will you actually stick to the amount you said? How's your sleep going to be? Will you have middle of the night anxiety? What's your morning going to be like? Will you regret drinking? How has it gone in the past? So I want you to use this tool and then take it one step further by comparing your drinking to the people's drinking that you are envying. Do they stick to the amount they said? Do they have middle of the night anxiety? What's their morning like? Do they ever regret drinking? 
when I compare my drinking to my husband's, I see how wildly different it is. And it's not because he's better than me or he has more self-control than me. It's just because this is the way that I drink. My brain is a little bit different than his, and that's just how I drink. We only understand our own experience. So I ask my husband about his experience all the time. We have conversations sometimes about the way that I think about drinking versus the way that he does. And once on a date night, he got one beer and didn't finish it. And then he said, I know I'm committing the worst sin by not finishing my drink, but I'm not trying to get a buzz on. I have stuff to do later, which was shocking for me because what are you trying to do if you're not trying to get a buzz on? Isn't that the point? So when I look at examples like this, it helps me see how I can feel envious of his experience, but at the same time, I can recognize that his experience is impossible for me to achieve. I just don't drink like that. And the way that I do drink really sucks. What I want you to do is think about the reality of your drinking and disconnect that from what you hope your drinking could be like someday. When you focus on the truth and let go of the potential, it'll help your drinking envy. Envying people who can drink is normal, but it becomes easier when you let go of your hopes and dreams of drinking like them someday. What helped me the most is recognizing that it is literally impossible for me to drink like my husband drinks. I like alcohol way too much, I have no off switch, I feel intense shame when I drink, and one drink does not satisfy me. I want you to spend some time thinking about how your drinking is different. I started realizing that my drinking was different back in 2014, or two years into my drinking, and even though I believed that everyone drank the way that I did, and I would continue believing this even into sobriety for a while, I did recognize that there were some differences. No one was throwing up in the street like I did. No one was blacking out and forgetting hours of their night. No one was throwing away every single Sunday with a massive hangover. No one had to stop watching movies because they could never remember what they watched. I started to notice subtle differences. So even if you're still drinking, you can start to do this work. So my challenge to you is to recognize when you're fantasizing about your drinking and give yourself a reality check. Maybe you're envying people who are sitting outside and having one glass of wine. Can you actually have one glass of wine though? Like for real. I mean, maybe you think you can someday, but can you actually have one glass of wine and enjoy it and then willingly stop? And also you don't really know their life. No one expected me to be a giant problem drinker. And so many people said, I had no idea when I quit drinking. You don't know what these people that you're envying are doing when they go home. They might be just like us, but they're good at hiding it. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to take a peek at the membership and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. You can get the discount link in the show notes and I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. 
from ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.